Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Why do you struggle to put together the tactical and emotional steps to mastering your money? There isn't a guidebook or a step-by-step process to follow, except these two ingredients are essential to propelling you forward in life. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. What would it look like if you built a stronger emotional awareness about your money this year? Not the Instagram-worthy fuzzy post awareness, you know what I'm talking about, but the true deep awareness about your relationship with your money and how you can positively direct your money to go in any direction you want right now. That would be pretty awesome. That's the journey I'm on this year. Denitha Doe is doing that for us today in this episode. If you don't know Denitha, you need to. She's the founder of multiple ventures geared towards arming millennials with the financial advice they need to make major transitions, from pursuing side hustles to buying homes and starting families, through sharing the story of her own money journey with you right now. Denita, I am so excited to have you on the podcast, and I know that you are a fellow podcast listener, so it's always fun to have a listener on the episode. 
Thanks so much for having me. Yes, I listen to Millennial Money every week for my own education and also to share with um, with my community. So I thank you for putting, I'm so grateful to be on the show today. Awesome. I love to hear that. Well, I wanted to ask you, you know, looking back at your own money story, what do you think has been the most powerful or impactful lesson you've learned that has gotten you to where you are today? Oh, I love this question. Um, it really gives me a chance to reflect and and peel back the layers on my own journey. I would say the biggest lesson that I've gleaned over the years, and there's been many, um, but the biggest one is this belief that I now hold that we, my, I included in that, um, have the power to create my own reality. Um, I used to see money as really black and white. You have to fit within these rules um, and do everything by the book. And while that's true to a certain extent, um, from my experience, it's really about believing in myself and my abilities and knowing that I can create whatever dream I have into reality. That's so powerful because I think that especially the older we get, the more we lose touch of that. And that's certainly something that in the last few months, certainly this new year, I'm really trying to cultivate that within myself to believe that something that's inside of me can come to fruition. So I think that's such an important message. And we so often gloss over that because it feels a little touchy feely. But I think that it is such an important piece of us like continually evolving. You're right. It is something that is hard to hold on to, especially when there are so many somewhat negative messages that we are more aware of as we get older and become adults. What I try to do is to immerse myself in, in magic, which seems kind of touchy feely and kind of ethereal, but (laughs) I'll, I'll read Dr. Seuss books. I'll watch, you know, Mary Poppins that just came out and just try to surround myself with this, with um, elements of magic and things that remind me that, yeah, we really do have the power to create our own reality. We knew this as kids, And over the years, some of us have forgotten that. Yeah, I love that magic. Like, that's such a powerful word because I've always told people that I have a crazy imagination and I can be sitting in probably the most boring place uh, and I can bring my imagination to life and it can take me someplace. And I've always thought, well, everybody can do that. But what I've found out the older I've gotten is so many people forget that magical or that imagination ability within them that they can literally take themselves someplace else. Yes. Oh my gosh. We are so much alike. I love, (laughs) I love being in my own mind because I love daydreaming. I love visualizing. I love, yeah, tapping into imagination. And, and it's funny, I was talking to a gentleman who's probably in his early fifties and we were working on a project together and I not I don't remember how the topic came up, but the topic of magic came up and I kind of like jokingly, but half jokingly asked him, hey, do you believe in magic? And he said, no, I'm a grown up. (laughs) And it just hit me like, whoa, I don't ever want to feel like I can't believe in something that's so fun and can really make a difference in my own life just because there's this idea that as an adult, as a grown up, you have to be practical and always stick within the rules. 
Yes, if that's the case, I don't want to be a grown up. (laughs) 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 I'm fighting it every day. I'm like, no, 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 I don't. I want to go back to naps and a juice box and PB and J sandwiches with the edges cut off. That's what I'm going back to. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Same. Well, we're talking today about the the tactical and emotional steps to mastering your money and your life and tactics i think we all understand but why do we struggle to understand that the the success part around this it's really the two parts the tactical and the emotional put together mm yes you know i think that's such a great question it does i believe differ for every person i would say ultimately i mean going back to what we were just talking about with magic I think that the financial industry, um, for better or worse, it's really indifferent, has pushed this message that we all have to fit within a step-by-step process to attain success. Not only do we have to fit within a step-by-step process, the idea of what success is, that definition, has been predefined for a lot. Like we all believe or have been taught to believe that going to college Um, means that you're successful, or at least you'll be able to attain success from it. Having a traditional nine to five job is success. Being able to buy a home by the time you're 29 and a half is success. Having two and a half kids with a white picket fence, whatever it is, um, it's been predefined. And it hasn't, the messaging that we get from the financial industry doesn't allow for, doesn't usually, you're doing it um, through millennial money, but most messages that we get from the financial industry doesn't allow for um, any flexibility or creativity or the idea that you can imagine a different reality for yourself and still be successful. And in order to be able to imagine something differently, we have to tap into our emotions. We have to know what we desire, what turns, what turn, I was going to say turns us on, that might be a <laughs> conversation, but really though, like <laughs> what lights you up inside and that should be your guide to then being able to apply the practical side of money in order to achieve what you have defined success to be for yourself. That's so great. I think that's such an important message. And how have you in, in your own life learned how to fuse the two together? Was there any like big sweeping moment where you're like, ah, I get it. It's both of these things together. Or has that just been an evolution for you over time? It's been both. Um, and I would say for me, it's a daily, I have to daily remind myself daily that I can create success on my own terms. And, um, and I have to, and I do that through telling myself affirmations and constantly reminding myself to tap into my desires to create whatever I want to create. But there have been some clear crystallizing moments throughout my life that I would say were turning points in terms of me remembering this concept of that we can create our own reality and it's important to tap into those emotions. The biggest one that maybe you and the listeners can identify with was 2008. Many of us were changed during that time period. For me, that was the year that I graduated from college. And it was a really, really tough time for me because I had wanted to work on Wall Street. I had wanted to pursue a career in investment banking. And that just was not an option in 2008. In fact, there weren't many options for me. I found myself between a rock and a hard place of being overqualified for 
traditional wage hourly jobs. So no one would hire me for seemingly easy work. But then I also was so underqualified for jobs that I, that were in my field because I didn't have any tactical, practical experience in the work that I wanted to do. And so I found myself really questioning and it was a dark time. I can look back on it now and, and kind of joke and be grateful for it. But at the time it was such a rude awakening that what I had been taught about money just wasn't holding true. I had been taught that you go to school, you take out, you know, for me, it was almost six figures in student loan debt and you'll be guaranteed a job. Well, that didn't happen. Then I was told, well, just save it for a home. And that's something that you need to do immediately. And I didn't have the funds to be able to do that. So I felt like a failure um, for a, quite a while. And, and in that moment of despair, which was much longer than a moment, um, I realized that in order to be successful, I needed to define that for myself. And I realized then that success for me was having flexibility in my career, having flexibility of time, being able to fuse my background in accounting with creative outlets like writing and dancing. And, and from that moment, I realized that I needed to take control of my life and figure out how I could create financial success on my own terms and not based upon what I had been taught was the definition of success. Wow. I think that you know, like you said, so many people can relate to that. Um, I was working in the finance industry in 2008, 2009. And when you're immersed in that industry and you're just seeing not only the headlines and the news reports, but you're seeing the implications to actual people and their money and their lives. I mean, it was a real time of uncertainty. Even people that had a lot of money, millions and millions of dollars were super nervous about making certain decisions that they were holding on to massive amounts of cash that, you know, most people now would say, oh my gosh, you got to do something with that money because there was just legitimately this fear sense. And I think that all of us can think about that time and something, whether it happened to us or happened to a family member or somebody else in our lives where, I mean, there was a big impact. And I think that that's really the genesis for a lot of the change that I think people are demanding from banks and from institutions and from financial systems. I mean, we have so much more to go. This is only, I think, the, the tip of the iceberg. But don't you think that, you know, that change, if we can look at it, if we can look at 2008, 2009 in, in some sort of good way, is maybe that that woke a lot of people up to, okay, we need to change how we're doing things. Absolutely. I mean, I believe it's gratitude is the attitude of success and being able to look at a time period as dark as that and be able to see the good that came out of it is really, really, really key. And yes, I would agree with you that that is one of the good points that came out of that time period that a lot of us woke up and realized that, hey, not only did some people not only could this situation have been avoided, um, so there were a lot of steps that were taken prior to 2008 to lead to that situation um, that could have been avoided, and that woke people up to, okay, there are some regulations and checks and balances that need to be put in place, so the tactical things that we can do need to shift as an economy, as 
um, those larger institutions. We need to look at this differently and put in actual measures so that hopefully this doesn't happen again. And then the second point that you hit on that I think is really worth looking at and being reminded of is this fear. Fear caused so many people that were actually not in a bad situation during that time period, but the fear that they would be in a bad situation caused them not to spend money. And any time cash is not flowing freely within the economy, that has serious implications. And and the fear that caused people to stop spending money is what I think a lot of people have woken up to, that it's important to not only be successfully be successful on paper, have actual cash in the bank, so to speak, but to also be emotionally, have an emotional well-being about where you're at financially so that you can make decisions from a clear head and with a clear heart. Um, Because otherwise, if you're always coming from a place of fear, if you always feel like you're just one step away from being in a disaster, even if on paper you're not, your actions from that state of mind is going to have real implications on the community around you and the economy at large. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web, and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E.com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. 
The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks, and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. Want to know the number one money question I'm asked? It's how to get started investing without being overwhelmed. So if you're asking yourself the same question, then you have to check out the Investing for Beginners podcast. The hosts, Dave and Andrew, they break down investment terms and strategies in a way you can finally understand. I love that they're making investing accessible and they have an entire podcast dedicated to helping you invest better. Even if you're not ready to start investing, they explain the stock market and financial updates so you can really understand what is being said on the news. If you're ready to learn more about investing, I'd recommend you start with two of my favorite episodes. Listener Q&A, how do you start investing with a thousand bucks, where they explain how you get started right away, and back to basics of building your portfolio, where they explain how to build a portfolio from scratch. The Investing for Beginners podcast is a great way to start expanding your relationship with money. Find Investing for Beginners podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
be back in the episode after an Ask Shauna from Rick. And Rick says, Shauna, thanks so much for the podcast. Money now doesn't seem so stressful. I mean, it's still stressful, but now I feel better prepared for the decisions I need to make. Okay, so I just made my very first budget a couple of months ago. Thanks for the inspiration. I'm about two months in, I know, not long, but I keep going over budget. Am I doing something wrong? Help, help, please help. Hey, Rick, I got your back. And first off, just congrats on creating a budget. Keep working at it because it's not something that you feel good about or perfect certainly overnight. It's something that you have to keep doing month after month after month. And the whole purpose of me going on and on so many different episodes about budgeting and spending plans is just so that you maybe in one of the episodes feel like, okay, I got this, or I can totally do this, or this really is not that hard, or I don't need to be stressed out about this. Just some sort of aha moment is what I'm hoping will happen because it doesn't have to be stressful. It doesn't have to be overwhelming. It can be fun and you can really change the the thought pattern that you have behind it. And when you do, I guarantee you, you're going to see some stuff change. But here are a few thoughts for you, Rick, and anybody else who is like, okay, I'm raising my hand. I'm in the same spot that Rick is. A budget can easily lie based on what you put in it. If you think about it, you're writing numbers down on a piece of paper, and those numbers can be anything that you want. So you can say, well, I know conceptually that eating out, I spend $300 a month, but I feel better on my budget if I write $150 a month. But you know you're going to go over budget over that number because you know realistically ballpark what you spend. And you probably spend more than the $300 because that's just human nature. That's how our brains work. So there's no point in creating a document that is just lying to you. You need to create something that is going to tell you the truth. So the power is on what I call the second column on your budget, which is the truth teller column, where you put down what you actually spent at the end of the month. That's where the magic lies. So the first thing to do is just to figure out what categories you're going over a budget in. What are those categories that are the, the place where you're spending money, where you're spending more than you had put on the piece of paper or more than you think? Do you need to allocate more money to those categories? Or maybe you just need to set a goal around your spending and have some awareness of whatever that category is for you. Most of us, it's one of two categories. It's either eating out or it's shopping. Those are the two culprits for most of us. I would say like 95% of us. You may have a little different category, but whatever it is, just own it. And remember, the power of the budget is just simply to help you achieve your goals. So really to activate the magic, you've got to know what you're spending in these different categories so you can make changes. That's the whole reason you're doing this. You're going through this process of tracking your spending so that you can have those aha moments where you say, you know what? I thought that I was going to only spend $300 eating out and I'm 
really spending like $500 every single month. So I'm not okay with that. I need to maybe change a few things so that I get back into the $300 range because that extra 200 bucks, I got stuff I want to do. I want to pay off debt or I want to save for a vacation or save for a wedding or save for a house down payment, whatever, right? So you have that money, then you can powerfully direct in another direction. That's how you find money, quote unquote, in your bank account. It's sitting there. It's just waiting for you to allocate it a little bit better. And there are tons of apps that can help you do it. Three of my faves right now are Albert, Clarity Money, and You Need a Budget, depending on your level of how detail-oriented you want to be, how complex you want to be. Uh, I would say they pretty much go in that order. Albert is the least complex, clarity money, and then you need a budget. But if you just want to print off your bank statements, that's awesome. I do that every single month, believe it or not. Grab some highlighters, go to town, highlight your categories, add them up, put them in your second column of your budget, and then compare and contrast to figure out what didn't work and what did work. But my biggest suggestion, again, is just don't overcomplicate this. Just do a little digging, figure out what is causing you to go go over budget, and just adjust. And then keep doing it month after month after month. Reward yourself. Have fun with it. Make it a game. Turn yourself into a detective. And before you know it, you're going to figure out that this budgeting thing is just really not as hard as you thought. But it does take a little elbow grease. That's such a good point that you make. I'm so uh, happy that you that you touched on that. So I'd love to know we're we're in 2008, 2009. You've graduated in this really tough economy. So what does your career journey look like? How did you take? You know, I want to own my career. I want to do this differently and actually make money and bring that to fruition. Oh my gosh! Well, it's definitely been an evolution over. <laughs> since those 10 years ago. Um, So the first thing I did was actually go on a site called funjobs.com because I literally could not find a job anywhere. And I don't know how I stumbled across this site, but I I did. I I believe it was magic. Um, And on that site was a listing for a job in the Grand Canyon. And it was a hostessing job at a restaurant on the North Rim of the Grand Canyon. And, And I applied and I got the job. It was $9 an hour, I believe, maybe eight fifty nine, something along those lines. And it covered, the, I was paid that hourly wage. And then I also got free housing and free food. So I thought, wow. well, yeah, I was like, this is, this is going to have to do. I mean, it actually, I was really actually excited when I got the opportunity because I thought, wow, I've never been to the Grand Canyon. Um, I can do hiking on the days that I'm not there. And when I moved there, I just felt such a sense of freedom. Even though I was actually poor on paper, I felt so free and I felt successful because on the days that I wasn't working and I had plenty of time off, I was able to be outside and had complete control over my schedule. Um, I really didn't have any bills to pay because my food and housing were covered. And that job um, was a seasonal gig. I, after that season was over, I applied to another seasonal gig at a ski resort in Mammoth Lakes, California. Somewhat of a same situation, 
there they didn't cover my food and housing, but the pay was a little bit more. And I got to live in a resort. I was living in a place where people vacation. So I felt so lucky. And, um, and from those experiences, I realized, wow, you know, having a lot of money is great, but having freedom of time and flexibility in how I spend my time is really, really important to me. That's something that I value. Um, and also being able to be outdoors. I realized that that was something that was really important to me. And so from those experiences, I, I took that with me whenever I started looking for other jobs. So with Mammoth, I was working at the front desk of a condo hotel, a job in accounting opened up while I was working there. And I thought, oh, maybe I can start <laughs> putting my degree to use. This would be nice. Um, and so I applied to that job, got that job. And, and that was great because then I actually got benefits. I was um, a full-time worker, so I had a salary. I was able to move into this really gorgeous condo and, and really started feeling like, okay, now I'm doing now I'm using my degree. I'm actually making money. I feel good. I'm in this beautiful place. I'm happy. And, and then from there, I, I met my beloved um, and we started dating in Mammoth and we decided to move to the Bay Area because we wanted to be in a bigger town. Mammoth's beautiful, but it's still two hours away from the closest target. So we That's thought- That's a big deal. <laughs> it is. It is. So we were like, let's let's try to be like within 30 minutes of a target. <laughs> so we, moved, <laughs> we moved to the Bay Area and, and it was here in the Bay where I, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I wanted to, I wanted to get more experience. I think, especially for women, we, we want to make sure that we've got all our ducks in a row and be completely 150% prepared before taking a leap of faith. And that's where I was at. I, I wanted to get more more experience in the workforce before I started my own business. So I, I applied for a few jobs, got a job as a staff accountant at this amazing tech company. And the first day I was there, I felt like something just wasn't right. Like I wasn't supposed to be there. I could feel a constriction in my body instead of the expansiveness that I felt in Mammoth. And, and Without having a plan, I decided to quit that job. Wow. And um, yeah, just decided to, all I knew was that it wasn't where I was supposed to be. Um, and I had had enough years being in the outdoors, literally playing outside for a living um, to know that it wasn't worth sitting, for me, it wasn't worth sitting in a cubicle for however long. Um, just to get to a place where I felt comfortable doing my own thing. So I quit that day and started picking up random gigs, teaching dance, um, and, and decided to start a business doing accounting for small businesses since I had a little bit of experience doing that. And from there, um, from there, the rest is history. But that's, that's where I started um, combining my love for dance, writing, and, and also my love for finances. I think that's a really cool story because you talk about that feeling of that constriction that that was just someplace you know you shouldn't be. And I've certainly experienced that myself. And I've experienced that, honestly, in certain businesses or opportunities I've created where I thought, okay, no, this isn't right. This isn't where I should be. And, you know, putting money aside, but listening to yourself, not only does that help you 
redefine what you want your career to look like. But there's so many things, negative things in our bodies that go along with just trudging through uh, being in careers or being with certain companies that we know we shouldn't be with, but we're maybe cashing it in for the paycheck. And, you know, there's depression and anxiety and gosh, all sorts of other things that can go along, health things that can happen to you when you're in stressful environments. So I think it's important for, for you to talk about things like that, that it just, it wasn't right. Yeah. I'm so glad you brought that up because our the the anxiety we feel around finances or our situation, even if you are making good money on paper, if you don't feel good about it, yes, that does manifest in your body. And there are repercussions for that. And sometimes those repercussions do, will cost you money if we're talking about your health. And yeah, that's been, that continues to be my journey um, in terms of trying to always tap into how I'm feeling, even if on paper, it doesn't make sense, but that's what I ask. I ask for <laughs> on a daily basis is just clarity around what what is good for me, and trying to feel through that. Um, because I think you and I are similar in that we we feel things first before we can maybe articulate it or our mind really grasps what's happening. For sure. And what advice, speaking about that, would you give to somebody? to be able to master their money without just solely focusing on how much they make or what's in their bank account. I think you've been able to do that for yourself and that it's human nature that we that we freak out or that we want to take the job or the or the you know the project because of the paycheck or maybe we're worried what's in our bank account won't suffice for the the time when we need it to but how can you develop or cultivate a good mindset around money without just focusing on those things? Yeah, well, I will say it's really tough to do that. And this is coming from someone that I, I mean, I've been, I've overdrawn my bank account because I literally, not because I have a shop, because I love shopping, because I literally didn't have the money. Um, I, I've been, I've maxed out credit cards. Like I've been in situations where it is really dire on paper. And, and that is, and that's also anxiety inducing and that will also lead to, um, challenges. And, and so I'm saying this coming from a place of knowing how bad things could potentially be. Um, and it's all relative, you know, I live in the States, so we have access to a lot of resources. Um, and I won't ever take that for granted, but I, I wanted to preface it by saying that I have been in situations where I, I know what it's like to not actually have money. And even in those times, I had had enough experience and some some wisdom that was given to me. I'm, I really don't know where it came from to know that it, I still needed to tap into what felt good in order to shift the situation I was currently in and to continue to attract abundance, even if I couldn't quite see the abundance right then and there. And for me, the mantra that I always go back to, and which may help if you're listening to this, is to remind myself that financial freedom is a journey of self-love. Wow. And so, yes, financial freedom is a journey of self-love. And self-love isn't something that you can, you're not going to see that detailed in your bank account. You're not going to see that in your Excel spreadsheet. No one's calculating it for you. But if you can remember that 
the way you treat your money is supposed to nourish you. It's supposed to nurture you. It's not supposed to make you feel like you're dismissing your passions or dismissing your your relationships or dismissing your ability to spend time with loved ones. If you can just remember that money, financial freedom is a journey of self-love and you're going to go through ups and downs. Self-love is a journey of trauma, anxiety, forgiveness, forgiveness of ourselves. Um, it's a journey of acceptance. It's a journey of love. Of course, it's a journey of nourishing what you need, what yourself with a capital S needs. Um, if you can remember that it will help to shift your mindset to not only see money as the black and white numbers on a page to start seeing money as a feeling that you tap into a feeling of tapping into your desires, a feeling of tapping into your imagination that we all have. Some of us have forgotten, but we all have the ability to visualize our dreams and bring that into reality. If you can remember that that's what money is for, it's for your enjoyment and your self-love, um, then it's, then you'll start to be able to tap into, um, the feelings. And then from there, just to, to put a, um, a pin in that the, if you start to think of money as a journey of self-love, financial freedom as, of self-love, then each moment you interact with your money, take two to three seconds before making a decision just to tap into your body and tapping in. If this is a new concept for you is just scanning what your body feels like. No judgment for some of us. Sometimes we feel something warm by our right temple. Sometimes our heart starts racing. Sometimes we get a little constriction in our chest. Sometimes you might feel a twinge in your stomach or your tummy just start tapping into, okay, how is my body responding in these three seconds before I swipe my credit card at Kroger or at Vons or Whole Foods? How does my body feel before I hit send on my Amazon payments? No judgment, just start tapping in. And once you can tap in and start recognizing how your body responds, then you can start seeing trends and really start to understand um, what is a good money decision for you. Wow, that is such an important message that you do. I mean, there's so many amazing things, so many gems you just talked about. But I love that idea of, of awareness because you can also calm yourself down in certain situations if maybe you know you have to pay a bill or maybe you have to make a purchase for one reason or the other and you don't necessarily want to, but you can use those few seconds to channel your emotions and to change the way you think about about finances. You know, you work with people on taxes, something that's really stressful for a lot of people. And I think if we can just take that time and really be aware of what's going on in our bodies, we can help shift how we think, act, and feel about money in powerful ways that I have done, you have done, you know, I've, I've lived that myself. And that's one of the reasons why I do this podcast, because I just really believe in the power of those things and then how that can ripple down to your situation or to your finances or how excited you are about getting up in the morning and doing life. So I think that is just such an, an important message. Mm, yes, I I love how you articulated that. Being able to calm yourself. Awareness. Awareness is the key to anything in life. And 
And I'm so happy that um, more and more of us are talking about that when it comes to money, because that would solve so many ills within an individual situation or within society at large. If we could all just take a moment to breathe um, and, and be calm about the decision. Gosh, we have talked about so many amazing things already on this episode. I feel like we could talk forever, but tell the listeners where they can go to find out more about you, find out more about your own journey, and if they want to connect directly with you, how do they do this? Yes, thank you so much for the opportunity to be on Millennial Money. I feel so honored um, to be one of your guests. If you, um, if anything that I said resonated with you, you can find more about my work at moneyandmimosas.com. It's moneyandmimosas.com because I recommend having a weekly money date and treating yourself to a mimosa yes. at the end. Yes, make it fun. Um, and so moneyandmimosas.com is where I write a lot about the practical side of money as well as the magic side. So things around the new moon and full moon, you'll find some information around how to use the Earth's magical powers to help you create financial abundance for yourself. And if you want to connect with me directly, um, that's the best way. That's where my social media handles are. Um, I'm at Denitha Doe on a lot of social media handles. Um, and you can connect directly with me there. Hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. It's absolutely free and you'll make sure you never miss an episode of Millennial Money. You can also listen to all our episodes on Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, and Pandora.